What is going on, Grounded Visionaries? This is Camila, and I'm excited to talk about today's episode. If you haven't seen the Twin Flames documentary, either the one on Netflix or the one on Amazon, you are missing out. Like, seriously, my mind has bloomed on. The stuff that's going on in some some of the online some of the online businesses, organizations, cults, if you will, like what people are doing is just mind-boggling to me. But I wanted to talk about this because obviously a lot of my community members are coaches and many people have also gotten coached. And I have heard from quite a few people about really negative experiences with some coaches and some coaching programs. And while I don't know anyone personally who has been in that Twin Flames universe type of program or community, I think that there's some similarities between what I see with other people running their businesses with not to the extreme of what Twin Flames has done, but I have seen some similarities. So I want to talk about basically the documentary. I want to talk about kind of what happens there, just my understanding of what actually happens there and uh, basically share some Things that I notice and what I know for you to be cautious as a client when it comes to joining a community like this or joining or hiring a coach or joining a coaching program, how to be aware of what's going on so that you don't get taken advantage of. And as well as if you're a coach and you're listening to this, how to ensure that you stay ethical when coaching and when marketing your business, because I am seeing a lot of people kind of skirting the line between what's ethical and what's actually manipulative. So we're going to talk about all of that today. Now, before we get started, I need to say something because I do see that there are a lot of, maybe not a lot, but there are some people out there who are basically coaching, uh, basically bashing the coaching industry. And, you know, there are people that talk about how everything that coaches are doing, everything that course creators are doing is manipulative and it's unethical and everything they're just like you know break everything down to the to the tiny little things when in fact like they're really just exaggerating like I'm just gonna say like this is not this is not what this is gonna be and I'm not that person because I am I don't get offended very easily personally and in fact if, if you do like there might be some things that I say in the future and some at some point that might like not if you if you're easily offended in general like you're probably not going to enjoy following me just in general um not that i purposely try to trigger people but <laughs> we're just you know we're just going to i'm just going to be totally honest like i yeah anyway so i want to first say like not everything that marketing is is manipulation in fact very little of marketing that i see out there is actual real manipulation we're going to talk about what that is we're going to talk about what manipulation looks like so everyone's on the same page and we're going to talk about what persuasion is, which is not like a bad thing. And in fact, if you have a business to run, you need to understand what persuasion is and what the line is between persuasion and manipulation so that you can be on the good side of things, basically. Okay, cool. So by the way, if you have watched a Twin Flames documentary and you have thoughts, share them with me. You can always find me on Instagram at heartbehindhustle. You're welcome to send me a DM and, you know, I, I want to say, like, if you have experience, personal experience with that organization, 
I know I'm going to talk, not going to talk about everything. I'm, my goal is not to like do a whole rehashing recap of the entire documentary. Like you can go and watch that if you want to. My goal is to talk about the relevant things for coaches so that you can be aware of what you need to do when it comes to hiring and like running your own business. That's kind of be, that's going to be the lens. So I'm not going to cover everything that's hap that happens there. Clearly there's a lot, there's a lot that goes on there and I'm sure they didn't even cover all of it in the, both of the documentaries. So that's, that's all I'm going to say on that. Okay, so let's talk about this. What is a documentary? Well, in short of it, there's a guy that really wants to be successful. He's like in high school or whatever, and he's trying all these different things, trying to, different ways to try to be successful, try to make money. He was just like go-getter, hustler in a sense, very charismatic guy, and that's Jeff, right? He seems to have a knack at some point. He discovers that he can make some money targeting a very vulnerable population. So he starts doing coaching sessions where he can cure diseases such as cancer, MS, and other pretty much very difficult to cure diseases. So this guy, Jeff, having had no prior experience with coaching, decides to just start healing people in calls. And he starts selling these calls and telling people that, you know, they're cured after a session with him. So I'm saying this to kind of set the stage as to what kind of person this is in general and like where this came from. Because I think that if that's something that you think is okay to do, it's very, like, it's not surprising to me that what happened has happened with the Twin Flames universe. Because this is the kind of person we're talking about. The person that seems to not kind of have, they seem to kind of live in a different world. And the, and the tricky thing about this is that I, I do see some people kind of living in that world in the coaching space, especially the spiritual space as well, where it's like, and, you know, I'm not going to knock on people that, you know, believe they can really support people with healing. But I think it's, it's so, I really believe it's damaging to tell people that you can like cure cancer with one session, unless you have like proven backup on this. But even then, I don't know anyone that has 100% like uh result rate with anything that they do so just in general first of all kind of kind of iffy so anyway this guy right this guy is kind of living he's living in hawaii he's hanging out he's doing the thing somehow he stumbles upon his twin flame which he discovers is a concept um this chick this is very spiritual woman um she calls herself shalea or shalia and she basically introduces him to the concept of twin flames and spirituality in this sense and basically kind of brings him into the world. Now, uh, twin flames is not a new concept. It is a spiritual concept that has been around for quite a while. And in fact, it's become quite popular in the pop culture um, from a few different celebrities who have talked about it. And it's been kind of a, yeah, it's been like a trending topic. So uh, these two, as a couple, they decide to talk about it. I believe they started talking about it on YouTube. And as as it happens, this is kind of how businesses start a lot of times. They, they post about it on YouTube and they see that things start to take off. People are interested Right, people are watching, people are engaging, and uh, you know, so they decide to kind of double down on that, and they start talking more about twin flames. They decide to start a community. They start to grow their audience more. They start to sell programs. They and they kind of do that, which 
isn't necessarily a bad thing, right? Like that's kind of how a lot of businesses start. And there's nothing like if I was to see that, I'd be like, great, good for you. Like you're doubling down on what works and that's amazing. So they're targeting people who are craving a loving connection with a twin flame. They kind of resonate with the idea of twin flames. So the thing that I want to say here is you know, what they're doing so far is like, it's not bad. They are helping people feel good about themselves. They are helping people, you know, potentially they feel like they're able to claim their power. They're, they're able to like understand what's going on. They are helping people love themselves and feel better. And people initially do feel happier and they feel uh, like they kind of found their place because of how they structure the community and how welcomed everyone is in the community. And there's a lot of like underlying things that are happening here. But from that perspective, if that's all I saw, I'd be like, good for you. Like you're, you're doing it. Like you're doing a great job. So, you know, for you as a coach or as a, you know, course creator or whatever, like these are things that we want you to do. You know, when you notice a topic that's trending, people are really attracted to a specific topic and you notice that, you know, when you talk about that particular thing, everyone's interested, that, that is a thing to double down on. Great. If you are targeting people who actually want to know more about the topic, like if you're talking to people who want to know about the topic because they resonate with the topic, there's nothing wrong with that. Like there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like that's what we do in our businesses. And, um, you know, what they're also doing is they were helping people learn tools to help them feel better, which they do initially do, and it, it does help them. Now, um, something I want to mention here is a part of what the Twin Flames universe and these two people, what they were doing with their clients and their community is obviously they were like enrolling people in their programs and they were charging whatever it was that they're charging. I have nothing like there's nothing wrong with charging for coaching. And I, you know, people in the documentaries are kind of like, oh, and it was so expensive. I'm like, it's not expensive, like relax. <laughs> and and I don't really, you know, people can afford what they can afford. We're going to talk about kind of other things later as to like being manipulated and, and, and stuff like that. That wasn't OK, but there was some criticism in the documentary about the main coaching tool that they were teaching people, which is mirroring. Basically mirroring what I understood of uh, it as being. And I have, I don't know if I have done it myself, but I've, I've probably had some coaches try to do it with me. And it's not something I continue doing. But basically what you're doing is anytime you have a thought about another person or you're blaming another person or you're just kind of externalizing your situation you're like oh my gosh he doesn't love me or you know he doesn't want me to talk to him they're asking you to mirror it and make that statement about you instead replacing the person that you're talking about and replacing that with the pronoun of you so or i so instead of saying he doesn't love me saying i don't love me now to be totally honest, I don't think it's necessarily a bad tool. I think if done appropriately and in the correct situations, there is a lot of value that can be done. It can bring a lot of clarity for people around, you know, if you're externalizing and focusing on other people and never looking inside of yourself, I think that there is a lot of good that can happen by you starting to notice what's going on in, inside of yourself. So I wanted to start here and talk about, you know, and kind of like bring to light the fact that like, it wasn't all bad, but it turned really bad. So I also want to share another thing because what they've been doing, if, if all you knew about the Twin Flames universe is what I told you so far, some people would still say that they are, you know, doing manipulation practices and stuff like that. But what I want to do right now is I want to make it very clear around what manipulation actually is and what persuasion is because 
Persuasion is something we all need to do as a part of our business. In order for you to get sales and in order for you to support clients with things they actually want to get help with in a way that's very ethical, you do need to understand persuasion. Persuasion, according to the dictionary, is the act of causing people to do or believe something, but it's done for the benefit of both people, of you and for the person that is actually being persuaded. There's nothing wrong with persuasion. And everything that is marketing is persuasion, okay? Being effective at marketing, being effective in business and sales is being persuasive. It's being influential. There's nothing wrong with that. Where it gets bad is going into the manipulation space, where uh, manipulation is defined as the exercise of harmful influence over another person. It's done for the benefit of one person, and that's the person who is doing the manipulation. The manipulated person often ends up doing what they don't actually want to do, and it's actually harmful for them. That's the key here. So when I see people talking about how coaching is manipulation and how marketing and a lot of people, you know, some of the marketing practices that people are doing and it's like, oh my gosh, it's so manipulative. And it's like, I actually don't agree with most of the things I see out there people complaining about. Because if we really understand the definition of manipulation versus persuasion, most of the things, if you are selling something that people actually want and you're clear about what you're selling and we're clear about the value of it, and pe people willingly buy. Like, there's nothing wrong with any of that, okay? So I do want to make sure that we're on the same page here. Okay. So how does it start to go sideways for the Twin Flames universe? How does it start to move into the manipulation kind of space? Well, um, I'm not going to be possibly able to talk about all of it, which is why I recommend that you watch the documentary. But the first way, the first problematic behavior that I noticed when I was watching is that they, um, Jeff and Shalia, began began to use as a part of their messaging a very strong guarantee. And the guarantee is, is that when people join their program, they will have a harmonious union with their twin flame. That's what they call it, the harmonious union with their twin flame. It's a radical guarantee. They're saying you will have this in this program, which creates a lot of excitement for people. And it feels very compelling for people to take action. It's a great sales and marketing tool to have a guarantee, but you have to really trust and know that you can deliver. And the truth is, is that when you sell a coaching program, you can't guarantee that someone will have something like that because just inherently, and this is something that I do with my client, like this is something that I tell my clients, anytime that people are interested in joining my programs and stuff like that, and they're like, what's your guarantee? I'm like, you know, depending on what the offer is cannot guarantee that you will make a certain amount of money. I cannot do that because we are talking about other humans. There's so many variables involved. And it's not ethical for you to guarantee that someone can find their twin flame and to have a harmonious union with their twin flame because it's it's like impo like it's impossible for you to do that because we're dealing with human beings and you cannot control other people. If you're making a guarantee like that, it means you're your goal is to control people and you can't control people. You can't control fate. You can't control what happens. Also, the FTC goes after people like this. I'm surprised they didn't go after these guys, but maybe they, maybe FTC goes got, uh, more after like money claims and stuff like that. But there's been coaches and course creators that are really big that have been, um, 
they got in trouble with the FTC for making outlandish guarantees where they're guaranteeing a certain amount of money or a certain outcome or a certain, you know, healing a certain um, disease or whatever. Like, you're not allowed to make guarantees like that, just period, from my understanding, okay? And if I'm wrong, please correct me. I don't claim to know everything, okay? So the other thing I want to mention really quickly is I, I currently do see a lot of coaches, coaches that I even know, using messaging in their marketing and sales materials, like, you will end result. I, uh, you will make a million dollars in this program. Using this method will get you to blank. And I love the, like, what I do like about that is the energy of like, yeah, you're super confident. Like, yeah, you're manifesting it. Like, it feels really good. I personally, like, as a rule in my business, I try to stay away from ever saying you will have this. And I do encourage my clients to do the same. Like, Again, you cannot guarantee that anyone will be able to do anything because there's way too many variables in place for you to be able to control that. People are not lab rats. You're not keeping them in a lab where you can control every single variable and like see how it, how it happens and how it works. Everyone is different. Every situation is different. And saying and telling people that they will have this, unless you're actually going to give people their money back, I think is not really okay to do. So anyway, they were doing these guarantees, and of course, in order to do that, they needed to have proof. They had one or two couples who joined their uh, their program who were already in relationships, my understanding, and they basically were like, yes, yes, you guys, you have, you're a twin flames, you're going to have a harmonious union, congratulations, stay in this union, dang it, because you are now our poster children. So they were using these this one couple in the beginning, I think they had another couple later on. And they were basically like consistently referring back to these people. And they also converted them into coaches to show to everyone else in the community that like, hey, this guarantee, you know, we're not saying that out of our ass. Like we actually have proof to show this. Now, again, I want to pause here because testimonials, case studies, and proof is important for any guarantee that you have. Again, I'm not a huge fan of doing outlandish guarantees like this. I'd rather get less sales and be like truthful and not, you know, say you will make a seven figure income thousand percent like in 12 months like I never will say anything like that I think it's just it's not right regardless people want to know that other people have been successful with your offer so I do think you know using testimonials using case studies I, I it is important it does help people make a decision to, to sign up as long as the other elements in there are you know they're not they're not false basically or they're not bending the truth too much okay Okay, so continuing on, what else happens? Well, this is where the really harmful behavior starts. And if you haven't seen the documentary, you're going to be like, what the heck is going on? So I'm not going to talk about every single thing, but they're doing these programs. They have a bunch of people on their Zoom calls. They have a, you know, one or two couples that are actually couples and they're like twin flames and they're like, yeah, we're so happy. We're so amazing. Even though that wasn't necessarily the truth, but they needed to have a certain appearance. Right? They needed to prove to other people that this is a thing that this could be a reality, which is totally fine. A lot of, I mean, a lot of coaches do that, I guess. So it is what it is. Not a huge fan of people lying ever or pretending, but you know, okay. So here's where I was like, this is where things get really damaging. And this, I, I have noticed some spiritual people doing this and some other kind of coaches doing a version of this and this is where if you are in that space I want you to be very cautious and mindful of making sure you're not doing this okay 
And I'm going to share what that is in just a second. Um, but first, I want to tell you the like super harmful behavior that I was like, what on earth? And that has to do with the teaching. So the teaching that they were doing as around Twin Flames, and I, I actually haven't looked into the, the whole concept, spiritual concept of Twin Flames and stuff like that. But basically what they were telling people, they were telling their followers that once you discover who your Twin Flame is, that person that you have to be with in your life and they're the other half of your soul, like they're your soulmate in a sense, but they're a Twin Flame, right? That this is the only person who will ever make you happy. This is your only chance at love. The only chance. No one else out there in the world is the person for you except this person. Now that in itself, to me, I was like, like, how is that helpful, right? Because what it does is, first of all, they're like, we have the way for you to be with your twin flame. We guarantee that you're going to be with your twin flame and have eternal love. So the person coming in to this program, they're like, well, I want to, first of all, I want to know who my twin flame is. And second of all, if I already think I met the twin flame, I'm not sure, but I'm not with them. So what happens? They're like, we will have you be with this person. We will have you be with your twin flame. So the person that's in the program is like, I can't possibly leave until that happens. Whether that's being in there for a year, for two years, for however long, they're like, I cannot leave because these people have the solution. I cannot possibly find the solution on my own. So it's already creating a little bit of control. And it's creating this like attachment to, I can't figure this out on my own. I must be a part of this program to figure this out. So the, the really harmful thing with this concept and what they were teaching is the fact that the twin flame is the only person they can ever be with, that will, the only person that will ever make them happy. Now, what if that person doesn't reciprocate? What if that person doesn't agree? I don't think you're my twin flame. Well, they tell their clients that they have to keep trying to do whatever it takes to be with that person by all means necessary. It doesn't matter if that person doesn't really know you. It doesn't matter if you've never had a relationship with that person. It doesn't matter if that person is married, if they have kids. If you, dear client, had a connection and we confirm that this is indeed your twin flame because somehow Jeff and Shalia had this like magical ability to confirm who was the twin flame of each person they're like if they confirm that this is your twin flame you must do anything in your power to be with that person to make them see to chase them and that includes stalking and that includes hooking them in and luring them in and manipulating them and being like hey if they're not responding to your text why don't you send a text message saying like hey you want to see a nude or you want to, you know, want to send me nudes? You want to come over? You want to hook up? Like anything to get them to come to you, including manipulation, which is again, it's like, okay, well, that's not really great. There were even people who in the program, this is all based on what I saw in the documentary, both of them, that specifically said like, hey, this person, they set a boundary. They don't like, they told me to stop. There was a person, or maybe probably multiple people, that even set restraining orders. What would a good coach do? You could go, I think a good coach would probably be like, you know, and this is kind of where it's like, this is where it gets like, it's so bonkers to me. I really believe that a good coach would listen to what the client is saying and be like, you know, how does this feel for you? Does it feel good? Like, does it feel healthy for you to continue? The, the answer is obviously going to be no. It doesn't feel healthy because these people are miserable. They're chasing after a person that doesn't want them. And they're being manipulated to think, oh, he doesn't want me? Okay, the, the, the actual answer is, I don't want me. So let me work on that. 
freaking ridiculous. Seriously, I'm just like, this is how coaching can be turned. Coaching tools can be turned into like an actual evil thing to further someone's agenda. So they are having, they're praising their clients for breaking the, you know, going through the boundaries, for stalking people, for uh, one person even landed in jail for a month because they violated the restraining order that their quote-unquote twin flame has filed. They praised the people who did whatever it takes, quote-unquote, and they made fun of and bullied people who didn't. And that was all how they expressed control. And we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. But this is what they thought is happening, and this is what they thought was coaching. They were, quote-unquote, coaching their clients to do behaviors and acts that these clients themselves knew were wrong. These clients came to them saying, I don't think this is right. This this person is saying, I'm not their twin flame. I, I don't really want to do this. But they were coercing them, manipulating them, bullying them, making them feel less than, making fun of them, laughing at them. If they weren't doing the thing that they're telling them to do, basically. And if at whatever point... A client expressed their frustration with the process and expressed like, well, I don't want to do this. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't think I, this is the person for me or whatever that might be because it didn't go along with the agenda of the creators of this process. They would literally tell them like, you're lying. You don't know what you're talking about. And they would make, me, make them feel less than. So I want to pause here because what these people are doing is not actually coaching. You know, we were in, in, the, in these documentaries and what they're probably calling it is coaching. And it feels innocent when it's called coaching. Coaching is meant to be supportive for people. What is coaching? Coaching is helping the client see the truth inside them that they already know is there, but they just haven't brought it to light. Coaching is a part of discovery process. Coaching is supporting the client in being who they actually want to be. It's helping the person feel empowered. That's not what these people are doing. So calling what they're doing coaching, I think, is is this is where it's giving coaching a bad name. What these people are doing is not coaching. They're indoctrinating people. They're not supporting people and discovering who they truly are and letting the client tell them. That's what coaching is supposed to be. You're not supposed to tell people what to think in the coaching environment, even though a lot of people that I know do it. In a coaching environment, you're supposed to be there for the person. You're supposed to, you know, yes, you can lead potentially leading, you know, ask leading questions and stuff. And you obviously often use persuasion to support the client in becoming who they actually want to be. But they come to you with what they want. And with what they want is actually harmful. You can support them in seeing that. But ultimately, you're the support for them. That's not what they're doing. Indoctrination is what they're actually doing. And indoctrination is a process of teaching a person or a group of people to accept a set of beliefs uncritically, which is what they're actually doing in their programs, in their community. They're indoctrinating people in their set of beliefs uncritically. So they're not allowing the person to doubt it. They're not allowing the person to think that maybe this doesn't align with me because if they feel it doesn't align with them, they get shamed, they get bullied, and they, you know, they feel threatened in some way. So it's not about supporting the client and discovering things about themselves. It's about, in indoctrination, they're telling people what to think and supporting them to see what you want them to think. You as if you're, you're you know, you're Jeff and Shalia. 
or the cult leader. <laughs> now, if the client isn't receptive or if the client doesn't agree, you use coaching tools against them so they comply. This is kind of what happens. They first give them tools, coaching tools that feel valuable, coaching tools that actually transform their life in a positive way. Then they take these same tools and use them against the client to comply in the, in the indoctrination process. So they stop thinking for themselves. They stop believing what they believe. They start doubting their existing beliefs. So they no longer even know who they are. They only know who they are in re relation, in the context of that organization or the cult or whatever that might be. Now I want to pause here again. Because I have heard similar situations like this from other people, other coaching businesses, clients who have been in coaching businesses. And this is actually the big, this is actually a big problem in the coaching space. Outside of Twin Flames Universe, this is something that I hear. I have had clients who come to me after being in other programs where they were called idiots, where they were called dumbasses, where they were um, made fun of for not moving forward with whatever, with, if they were stuck. They were called liars. They were literally bullied in programs. I've had several clients who came from other coaching programs that came to me and they told me what the experience and how they were literally traumatized. And it took them a while to like see that there's better people out there that don't do these weird things. And I was like, how the heck? Like, what the F is going on? I've also had clients who told me that the way they were sold into programs was very much in a shame, guilt-ridden way. And we're going to talk about that potentially a little bit later or maybe in a separate episode in the future. These are behaviors that are being taught by certain people. These are behaviors, sales tactics that are being taught as well. Get the sale at any cost. Shame them. Make them like, I don't even care how the person feels. Make them feel like a freaking idiot for not taking action. Make them feel like they have problems. They have mental problems if they're not signing up for your program because your program is the only thing that can solve their problems for them. That is not like, if you, if anyone out there believes truly that their program is the only thing that they, pe people can possibly do to change their life, like check yourself. Because this is like the one of the steps moving forward towards occult type of organization, if you truly believe that. I have amazing programs. I have programs that change people's lives. And I also know there's a lot of other programs that also change people's lives. And I also know my programs are not for everyone. And that's okay. So it's having like, I think all coaches need to really practice being humble. And this is why we have this, like, this is why I have the podcast. Like, being more grounded, being more rooted in like the reality of things. This is very common in the spiritual space. Um, I want to tell you a story about my first mindset coach. This is how I know this happens because this, this is what happened to me, a version of this. I was working with a mindset coach. I was like a year into my business, it's 2015. And she was really good. I really enjoyed working with her because she used a lot of like confronting things. She probably used some mirroring with me. She used some other things that got me to actually really get outside my comfort zone. It got me to show up in a different way. It got me to think differently. It broke, I broke through a lot of mindset beliefs. So there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of value in being kind of confronting in your coaching. So I'm not saying don't ever be confronting, but, you know, to me, disrespect is a different thing. She wasn't disrespectful to me. But there is something that she did that made me stop the relationship. There was 
I don't remember what I was telling her, but there was one moment where I shared something with her about, I don't know, I don't even remember what it was. And she asks me, Camila, were you sexually abused as a child? I was like, um, no. She's like, are you sure? Are you sure you weren't sexually abused as a child? Because you're really displaying a lot of things I would expect to hear from someone who was abused, sexually abused as a child. And I'm like, mm, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure that that's not, nope, I'm pretty, pretty sure. And she goes, can you, can we just meditate on this? Can we think back and see if maybe you repressed this? How fucking damaging is that? How fucked up is that? Tell me how that's coaching. Is that coaching? That's not coaching. That's you creating trauma for someone that wasn't there to expand the trauma so you have things to work on together. So you feel more connected to your coach. So you feel more like, I can't tell anyone else. She discovered this about me. I have some friends who work with some coaches that kind of go there. And all of a sudden, these traumas that were never existed are suddenly there. I had another friend who told me that she had a similar situation happen with a different coach. This person was like, oh, I, I, I really think that you must have had something really traumatic happen like this and this in your childhood because you're acting like this. She's like, no, I didn't. How can you possibly tell people that they were sexually abused? How can you possibly tell people that they had a certain type of trauma? Like what? I, I, it like boggles my mind. First of all, as a coach, personally, this is my personal opinion. I don't think coaches should be working with trauma. I really don't. I think therapists exist for that reason. I actually believe, and this is what I know of coaching as, I believe that coaching is meant to be focusing on the future, the growth, goal setting, the positive, moving forward. To me, coaching is not where we go into the back of the childhood trauma and, you know, re really revisit that and stuff like that. A lot of coaches are really good at it, though. And, you know, again, there's there's some value in, in going there. I do, I do think that you need to have a therapist to go through trauma, childhood stuff, like deep stuff. I think you need a therapist for that. I don't think you need a coach for that. That's my personal opinion, okay? I also know that a lot of coaches are really good at opening up the trauma, opening up the wounds, and they have no idea how to fix it. They have no idea how to make it better, which is exactly what my that mindset coach did. She also brought up some things for me that felt raw and I was like, "Whoa, I didn't I didn't realize I had this thought. I didn't realize I had this belief." And I was like, "Okay, what do I do with this now?" How do I go? How to move forward from there? And she's like, well, journal on it. I'm like, are you serious? That are you serious? That's what I have to do is just journal on it. Cool. Cool. Helpful. Thanks. Yeah. I think there's a lot of coaches who have no business going into stuff like that. This is how you are potentially harming your clients. This is how you're potentially damaging your clients. If you want to go into the deep stuff, make sure you're qualified. Go through training. Get certified. Get whatever you need to. Don't just go off of it and like work with clients on deep rooted shit. 
that can truly damage somebody, that can truly harm someone's psyche without knowing how to manage it and how to deal with it and without encouraging that client to seek actual, you know, an actual therapist to support them alongside with you. I see a lot of people doing this and I do not agree with this. Okay. So anyway, moving on, moving on. Okay. So let's talk about what manipulation is, right? Because everything I just shared is a form of manipulation. And again, a lot of coaches do this, not just Twin Flames Universe. A lot of coaches do this without realizing it. But this is where four stages of, of manipulations is something I got from the Psych Central website. And the manipulation and becoming a cult, they kind of go hand in hand. There are certain things that happen as well with um, moving into becoming a cult. But I, I think this would be valuable for everyone to, to kind of understand what happens because manipulation and moving people deeper into your grasp, whether it's a cult or just being fully manipulated in a coaching program, even if the cult elements aren't there necessarily, there's stages that happen. And it doesn't all like, you know, when you when you're in that kind of environment, you don't suddenly immediately see things being wrong. It happens in stages. So what are the stages? The first stage is flattery. The first stage is when the person who manipulates puts on a facade of being kind, caring, helpful. They may act like they want to help you with anything you need, but in reality, they're just trying to get you to do what you want them to do, what they want you to do, basically. Okay. This is from the article I'm reading off of it, okay? The second stage is isolation. This is when the person who manipulates may start to isolate you from your friends and family. They may try to convince you that your loved ones don't understand you or want to control you. The goal is to usually separate you from people who might spot the manipulation. The third stage is devaluing and gaslighting. During the third stage, someone who manipulates may try to make you feel guilty or confused. They might start telling you that you're ungrateful or that you're making them unhappy. The purpose of this stage is to make you doubt yourself, your instincts, and your decisions. And it can be very difficult to break three, free from a manipulator's control of this stage. And the fourth stage is fear or violence. The fourth and final stage is when the person who manipulates may begin to threaten you. They may threaten to leave you, to hurt you, or hurt themselves as a way of keeping you under their control with fear. Now, this applies to the coaching, you know, cult behavior. This applies to relationships. I've been in a relationship. My first relationship was with a very, very extremely manipulative person who was also a compulsive liar. And I went through all of this stuff, all of it, in my relationship. So I'm very familiar with the stages of manipulation. And, you know, if you felt that way before, I, I just want to send you my love and caring because I, it's, I, I know how I felt in my relationship during that time and how hard it is to relieve. And people who don't understand might be like, well, why don't these people just leave? Like people that are in the Twin Flames universe, why do they keep paying them? Why do they, why don't they just leave? And I, the answer is that it's not that easy. When you're in so deep, when your entire self-worth is tied in this other person or this organization, where you're getting all of your needs met in some way, when they tell you how to think, when they tell you what to think, when they make decisions for you, when they tell you everything about your life, breaking from that is extremely difficult because all of a sudden you become this, like you're you're saying to yourself, okay, I, I can be myself, but who the fuck am I? Like, I don't even know who I am. And there is this like fear of 
retaliation in some way. You don't even know what that is. But a lot of times it's like being cussed out. It's like when you actually break it down to like logical sense, the actual retaliation isn't always like as scary. I think in the um, Twin Flames universe, like it didn't seem like it was that intense, but it felt intense. It felt really damaging and it felt really bad. So yeah so you know i want to make sure that like for anyone that's kind of like well i don't understand why these people didn't just leave it's 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 extremely difficult emotionally psychologically and also physically to be able to make that decision and to leave when everything you know is that after a while okay so let's keep going so twin flames universe was basically a world and they had a specific brand or a look they wanted to uphold at no cost this is where ego really comes in and gets super strong right so these people jeff and shalia I mean, the, they originally seemed to want control. They wanted success. They they really wanted it at no cost, like or, or whatever cost possible, right? And there's a lot of ego associated with that. And you can kind of see if you watch a documentary, they're really flashing their wealth. They're talking about their Porsches. They're talking about their, you know, how she's decked out in Chanel. And it's like, why are you talking? How is that relevant to finding love? Like, it's not even relevant. So they're flat, like it's it's like this kind of makes them, it also showcases their power and it showcases that like I'm an authority, I'm able to afford this stuff, I'm able to have this stuff, trust me, believe me, I'm your God in a sense. And what happens in cults, and this is kind of where, you know, they were, and it's like, they, they think that they're not, I really do think that they're, I, I think they know that they're a cult, but what happens in cults is the cult leader tests people with their exercise of power and they're seeing can people trust me will they do what i want them to do and they start small and then they start moving on with bigger things and i again another thing i see people doing in the coaching space a little bit with types of offers they're selling selling those secret invisible offers where you don't know what the heck you're buying but you're paying for it what do you think people are doing with that they're seeing if they can control you they're seeing if you trust them blindly <laughs> And I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to crap on that. I think some people that are doing that are really doing it. You know, they're they're excited, they're fun, and, you know, they they don't realize that that's kind of the control aspect of what they're doing. But for people that do, it's kind of like, okay, let's just be careful with that. So with the Twin Flames universe specifically, it started out really small tests of control, tests of power. So they were testing their power to see if people comply and if they will do what they tell them to do. And they were doing it in stages. They first started by telling them that their twin flame is their only love. The test was, do they believe us? Did they stay? I'm sure some people were like, no, I don't resonate with that. And they leave. And other people are like, yes, I believe this. And it is all, by the way, makes it really difficult because they're in the community that's love bombing them the whole time. They're like, you're in the right place. You're amazing. You're amazing. They're, they're really using positive reinforcement to an extreme where they're making people yeah, just like feel so warm and fuzzy to the, to the like, and, and for people who are starved of love, when all of a sudden they're getting love from a community when they haven't had that before, it feels massive, right? So that's the first one. If we tell them that in order for them to be happy, they need to be with their twin flame, no matter the cost, will they do it? Another one. We will teach them the mirroring exercise. If we tell them to do the mirroring exercise, if something goes wrong or if they don't believe us, will they continue to do it? And how can we make sure that they just go back to that 
helpful coaching tool when done right, but very, very harmful when done wrong or done in the wrong circumstance. If they tell us that their twin flame put boundaries on the relationship, don't follow, you know, don't follow me, stop talking to me. Will they continue to move forward and go after them because we tell them to, even if there might be legal repercussions? Now, this is a big one. This is a massive show of control. This client, these clients, these people know that if they continue stalking their twin flame, they might go to jail. Definitely, I tell them, you have to do this. Like, this is what you have to do. Don't be a, you know, whatever. Don't be weak. Don't be whatever. These people know that there's legal repercussions, but they are continuing to do it because of the manipulation, because of the indoctrination that's being done. That's when they start doing that, they know they got them. They got them in their pocket. They can do whatever the heck they want to them. And that's where they started pushing the envelope a lot deeper. We're not going to talk about that too much, but a little bit. The next thing, if a client comes to me saying they're unhappy in their relationship, but they're with their quote unquote twin flame, will they continue to stay in that relationship because we tell them to? Because they're idiots if they want to leave. Because we tell them you're lying. Because we use the mirroring exercise to against them. Will they stay? The answer for a lot of people is yes, they did. That's another way that they feel their ego is fed. I'm controlling people. Right? If we tell them who their twin flame is, if they haven't found them, we tell them we have to confirm that this is your twin flame or we will find you the twin flame. Will they believe us? This is one of those things that's like a, a cult behavior, which we'll talk about in just a second. They gave themselves the ultimate God power. Only they are able to confirm whether someone is your twin flame. How the heck do they know that? I don't know. But they convinced these people that they are the only ones that could tell who someone's twin flame was. And in the beginning, it could be anyone. And after a while, they're like, that doesn't really work for us because, yeah, what if these people keep getting into trouble, keep getting in, go, keep going to jail because they're stalking these people that are not open to hearing it? So then they change it. They're like, okay, well, that's what it was. We're going to now change it and we're going to tell you who your twin flame is. And that person has to be in our community as well because. If that person's in our community, they're not going to file the straining order and we're not going to potentially get in trouble that we're telling people to, you know, stalk others because eventually this could probably go pretty bad. So this is a very strategic decision that they did to keep themselves happy. And what amazing thing for them, right? Because if they're like, I'm going to tell you who your twin flame is, that person's in the community. So I know they're going to be receptive to it because there are some also manipulated. And guess what? Our guarantee works. You will be in a harmonious union with your twin flame. How? Because I told you who it is. And how? Because that person's in the community. People believed it. Now, the problem arose is that most people who are interested in love and relationships and coaching in this area are women. They notice that. Crap, a lot of these, these people are women. We don't have enough men. I know. Let's tell people who their actual gender identity is. Let's tell people about divine feminine, divine masculine. Teaching it, I personally think, entirely wrong. Telling people that you can only be one or the other. You can either be 100% divine feminine or 100% divine masculine. So they're like, well, a lot of people in this community are not gay. They're not bi. But it doesn't matter. 
because we're going to tell them who they really are inside. So they're, they don't have to be gay because if there's two women in a relationship that we told them to be in and one of them inside is divine masculine, the other one's divine feminine, then they're not really in a, you know, homosexual relationship. They're straight. It doesn't matter if you didn't believe it. That's what we told you. This is coming from God. They, they, because again, they have this like, this con connection to God for some reason, right? Which is what a cult would do. <laughs> and again, will they believe us? Will they comply? People did. Now at that point, if you've complied this much, it is so hard to get out. Your entire, like you've changed your entire reality. You've changed your entire, and you believe what they're saying. This is such an extreme example of like where things can go. But now if you, um, the gender identity transition and like basically forcing people to transition, forcing people to change their names to a masculine name, if they were, you know, a woman, telling people how to live, telling people how to do things, threatening them if they don't do it. Like you guys need to watch the Amazon documentary because it gets wild in there. They're also telling them who's allowed to have babies who might be able to have babies. They had this whole vision for all these people living in a compound together with all the babies. All these kids are going to be in a twin flame relationship with another baby, another kid or another, you know, eventually grown up in the same community. And it's like, hello, that is a freaking cult. Like, how is that not a cult? It's so wild. There's a, okay, one other thing I'll just kind of say outside of that. There was a section in the documentary on Amazon where Jeff apparently gave his coaches and his, his people an assignment that they had to watch these documentaries about other cults and they had to write like a, a paper as to why Jeff wasn't a cult leader. Who the fuck does that? Like what? Okay, moving on. This is another one that really, oh my gosh, this, th this really pissed me off. And I, again, another thing that I sometimes might see some coaches doing if they are not aware of it. They started telling people who were in the program, people, people who like, okay, well, because they were, you know, they were guaranteeing that people would end up in a relationship with their twin flame. They told these people who their twin flame is. Well, not coincidentally, all these people are in the same community. So it was really easy for them to, to control that and make it like basically this like, yeah, this kind of, I don't, I don't know what, what to call it, but this scheme. Then because they're in these relationships with these people they don't really want to be in, they're not actually attracted to these people, but they're in a relationship, quote unquote, harmonious, bullshit. Now they're telling them, well, you feel so happy. Don't you want to be like me? You're a divine masculine. Don't you want to be like me? Says Jeff, you want to be like me, don't you? Now you want to help other people. Don't you want to become a coach? There was a scene in the Amazon documentary where a woman is saying like, all I want to do is I want to be on stage. I want to sing or whatever it was. She wants to be on stage. And he's like, no, you don't. You don't want to be on stage. She's like, I don't. He's like, no. Don't you want to be a coach? Don't you want to be an ascension coach for us? She's like, uh, he's like, you don't want to be on stage. What are you talking about? You want to be an ascension coach. That's your actual life purpose. That's your life purpose. And if you don't follow your life purpose, you're going to be miserable or unhappy or whatever it was. I don't have the quote. So he's telling these clients, again, this is why it's not coaching. This is not coaching, you guys. But this is why it's important that you are aware of what coaching is and isn't. So if someone's doing some of these things to you as a client, you can be like, oh, hell no, I'm, I'm getting out of here. Right? 
Now there's a difference with consulting and mentorship, but that's kind of, that's typically in like a business kind of space. It's not what they're doing here. So they're telling, they're hearing their clients telling them what their life purpose is, what they really want to do. And they're saying, no, that's not correct. You cannot think this way because I didn't tell you to think this way. You need to think this other way that's going to serve me and help me make more money. So they were so controlling and they were having people work for them for free. They were having people volunteer their time. It was kind of like a requirement for them to work inside of their business. They were like not really getting paid pretty much anything, which is also kind of, you know, wild. So I want to talk about that in just a second, because this is something I see a lot of coaches doing as well. Um, I want to really quickly talk about what makes a cult a cult, okay? And so you can see really like why I believe this is a cult. And I think everyone knows that this is, but um, there's four things and every cult is a little bit different. This is uh, taken from, I don't remember where it's from, but it's from a website. So, you know, I'm not a cult expert by any means, but I did do some research. <laughs> four, four things. They, almost all groups share at least some elements in common. And there's four. Number one is authoritarian, authoritarian control. Typically, this is where you have a profit. Cultism hinges on encouraging maximum dependency on the leader. People in the cult must feel incapable of living an individual life outside the norms of the group. These beliefs often go hand in hand with a worshipful attitude towards the group's authoritative leader. Now, here's what something something that Jeff does is, is he, first of all, he considers himself to be a god. He has a clear channel to God. So anytime someone disagrees with what Jeff says, he says, Jeff basically responds to it saying so you don't believe god because him and god were equal he also started to um dress and make his appearance look more like jesus as if he was the second coming of christ this is where it gets like fucking crazy okay that's one thing the second thing is extremist beliefs cult members hold a very dogmatic and extreme belief they're unable to question these belief systems without fear of reprisal or punishment from the leader or other group members. Three is isolation from society. As soon as new members join a cult, people in the cult try to get them to be isolated from family members and friends. This helps fulfill the mind control aspirations of the leader. This also creates a hive mind of sorts between the new person and other members. Okay. And then uh, last is veneration of a single individual. Charismatic leaders are often at the center of most cults, and um, they basically fulfill and do whatever it is that the cult leader wants them to do, okay? And a lot of times it can end kind of violently and stuff like that. So it is so wild to me. And what happens a lot of times is... It's so interesting, but there's like a, because there's a lot of correlations between what the extreme version, which is the, you know, Twin Flames universe and what they were doing. I am seeing, like I said, some coaching businesses kind of falling into some of these things, not to the extreme level, but I think it still needs to be very aware and cautious of, okay? I think a lot of times people who become successful, especially when they become successful for the first time, it's very easy to get swallowed up by the ego. And I think that's kind of what happens with people who, I don't, I, I don't want to judge them. I don't know if they just went astray at some point in their lives, like Jeff Shalia or what happened with them because I don't know them. But I do find that it, there's something that happens with certain people where they 
They claim they have no ego, but their ego is freaking gigantic. And when they become successful, they feel superior to other people. That superiority, a lot of times in the spiritual space at least, comes with like, I'm ascended. I'm enlightened. Other people aren't. And I'm better than them because they aren't at the level that I am. Again, I see this with some spiritual people, some life personal development people as well. This is what's kind of a, a harmful part and um, a dark side of the coaching industry. And I know I kind of fell into that too. It's really easy to, as a client to fall into that where you're like, I think a certain way. I think in an up-leveled way. I think in an enlightened way because I've done all this work and all my regular friends, they don't get it. None of my friends know personal development. None of my friends are enlightened or ascended as me. They don't understand these same concepts. They don't believe what I believe. So they can't possibly be associated with me. I, I don't want to associate with them because they don't get it. So they isolate themselves and they only position themselves in these communities where other people are in the same mind, hive mind, right? It, it doesn't always have to be a cult, but it is something that I think happens a lot in the personal development and spiritual community which I think is really, um, I think it's something that needs to be, people need to be aware of it. And I think it's uh, harmful. And I think it encourages people to be really detached from reality. And I think that's not good, right? I want to say is that there's nothing wrong with sharing your viewpoint of the world, of sharing your truth. What people, like Jeff and Shalia, what they were initially doing, they were sharing their concept. They were sharing their belief. They were sharing their truth, I guess. Right. I mean, that could be debatable, but let's just say that they were. They truly believe this is how things are. There's nothing wrong, I believe, because I work with all kinds of people. I believe, you know, I work with people in different religions. I work with people in different mindsets. I, I work with, you know, people in different political beliefs. I don't really care. What I care about is how they approach it. What is wrong is forcing people to listen and saying that your way is the only way. And that if people don't agree with you, they'll be unhappy or they'll be miserable. That's what I'm not okay with. This is why, like, I'm a business coach. I'm a marketing strategist. Like I actually really enjoy working with different types of people, a lot of whom have beliefs that I don't hold. And again, it doesn't matter. That's fine. I work with competitors. Some competitors will come to me who also do business coaching and I will support them in marketing their services in a way that like makes them sound so freaking good. And I will not agree with it, but that's fine because that's not the point. It's okay for you to share what you believe. It's okay for you to confidently, with certainty, talk about what you believe, about your truth. What's not okay is forcing people to believe the same thing. It's indoctrinating people and not allowing to have critical thinking in the process. It's shunning, guilting, shaming people. They don't hold the same beliefs. That's not okay. That's not okay. So this is where, like... People can, when we keep this conversation kind of going and everything that we've talked about, it can be very easy to be like, well, everything that people are doing, content creation, personal brands, you know, people talking about philosophy pillars and the things that I teach, like, you know, that that it's wrong. It's not wrong. What's wrong is how you approach it. What's wrong is the extremist part of it, okay? So I don't want you to hold back from sharing your truth. I don't want you to... Sh hold back from sharing what you truly believe about the world. I want you to do that. It doesn't matter if many people don't agree with you. What matters is that you attract the people who do, but you also allow them to explore. And if they don't agree with you at some point, that's okay. You don't have to make them feel bad. You don't have to make them feel like shit about it. You can let them go and attract more people who do want to be there. That's the beautiful thing about being a coach, being a, an expert, being a, you know, like, content creator, whatever that might be. You can share your life. You can share your beliefs. 
and the right people will come and you don't have to hold on to them with a freaking iron fist and a grasp and like, oh, super attached to these people staying. It doesn't matter if they stay or not. You can just share your truth, period. And you don't have to have any weird weirdness around it, okay? That's kind of what we need to establish here. Everyone has their own perception of things. Everyone has their own truth. My truth might be different from your truth. But there is also universal right and wrong. And the universal right and wrong is causing people, like not causing people harm. Don't do that. So be really aware about how you're approaching things. Okay, to kind of close this out, this is a longer episode and I'm kind of, you know, going through a lot in here. But I want to talk about, um, I kind of want to distinguish a few other things. What are some of the things that they are doing? Or not necessarily there. I don't think they're, anything they're doing is good. Um, but activities that other coaches might be doing that might be kind of similar to what they have done, which one of those activities are good and at what point does it become not good? So I want to kind of clarify that. Well, as we close out, what is good? This is something that coaches will do. And this is a good thing. When you have a successful business, when you have clients, when you train people, you know, you, you teach people your thing, you have successful people in your program, you have success stories. It is absolutely okay for you to then turn some of these people into coaches in your program. It's okay to train people on your method. It's okay to certify people as coaches in your program. People do this. People do this often. There's nothing wrong with that. It is even okay to have a business model around it and even taking a cut of coaching fees. That is all normal. That is all fine. Because if you're sourcing clients for coaches you've certified, if you're giving them clients for your program, why wouldn't you take a cut of those coaching fees, right? The percentages we can talk about another time. But there's nothing wrong with that. They kind of made it sound like that's wrong in the documentary. I don't think that's wrong. What is wrong is manipulating people into becoming coaches is telling people, hey, this is your life purpose is to coach in my program. <laughs> that is probably not their life purpose. They might, if they tell you this, if they come to you and they're like, oh my gosh, I've been in your program. I got such amazing results. Like, I feel like all I want to do now is do what you do. Great. They told you that. They're the ones that told you that. There's no reason that you should ever tell someone else that their life purpose is to be a coach in your program. That doesn't make any sense. Let them tell you if that's their truth. What's also not okay is changing the terms on your existing coaches. If you certify coaches, you have coaches in your programs, changing the terms on them later on to benefit the creator. In the beginning, what Jeff and Julia were doing is they were having these people become coaches in their program and they were able, these coaches were able to have 100% of the profit of all the coaching fees. They kept all of it. Eventually, they changed it and they, um, Jeff and Julia wanted 50% of, of the fees. So what I personally think is not okay is changing the terms on your coaches. I think that's not okay to do. I think it's sleazy. I don't necessarily know if it's unethical, but I think it's sleazy and I think it doesn't, it deteriorates the trust. But I guess if you're an occult and you have 100% control over people, then I guess probably you don't care about the trust. But you and I are not that people, those people. So that's, you know, that's fine. What's also okay to do, I want to clarify, again, in the documentary, they kind of talked about like, oh my gosh, these programs are so expensive. It's $200 a month. It was this and that. Everyone's perception of what's expensive and what's cheap is different. So you cannot say that something is expensive or it's cheap as an objective view because there is no such thing as objective in the world of anything in terms of price because it's, everyone has a different perspective. Everyone's coming from a different context. So 
it is absolutely okay for you to charge whatever the heck you want to charge for your programs and classes. It is absolutely okay for you to do that. And don't feel like just because someone tells you, you, you they can't afford it or it's expensive that you need to change your rates. Charge what you want to charge and what makes sense strategically for your business. That's okay. Okay. What is not okay is telling people that they have to buy your program in order to be happy. And they will never be happy if they don't buy your program. And if they cannot afford it, that you can show them how to make the money. Hey, I'm going to walk you through how to sign up for a credit card. I see a lot of salespeople doing this and I do not like it. If the client, potential client, is asking you, I think I want to do this. How do I sign up for a credit card? I want to use that because I want to use points. Okay, well, I can send you some resources. You can do that on your own. Go for it. I will never tell someone to take a loan out to, you know, to um, sell their car. Like, they can make that decision on their own if they want to. I'm not going to stop them. They, like, I, I probably have a different perspective on sales than a lot of other people. But I really like to treat humans like humans. And I like to treat people like I would like to be treated. And I would really hate for someone to manipulate me into opening a, a getting applying for a loan if I don't believe that I'm in the right financial position to sign up for something and they tell, tell me that, you know, I need to do this. The exception is if the person is saying, I really want to join this. What are my options? You tell them the options and you let them think about it. Like, yeah, I guess like it's all about respect. That's it. That's all about respect, right? What's also not okay is telling people that they have to do free services in your business for them to ascend or for them to move forward, for them to be fully happy. Okay, this is something I'm going to tell you. And, and there's some people that follow me that know these people. I'm not going to say who it is, but there is a leadership program I joined in the beginning when I joined to San, uh, when I moved to San Diego. A very popular leadership program. I met actually a lot of great people in that program. And um, I'm not going to say the name of it, but it makes me think of this where a part of graduating the full program was that you had to basically work for them for free and get them sales for the program. So the program was basically structured in three tiers, the three-level program. The level one was amazing. Got a lot of value, mindset work, inner work, confronting. I loved it. Level two, also really freaking good. Confronting, even harder. I loved it. Level three, that's where they basically force you to sell their program to their, your friends, to convert people from your friends into becoming buyers of the program. You earned no commission and you were forced to do it in order for you to graduate. You needed to get at least cost one client for them. The program was like $3,000, $4,000. So you needed to talk to people, tell them about how amazing this program is and get at least one person or one or two people, I don't remember exactly, to buy the program in order for you to graduate. You were guilted if you didn't want to do it. You were basically, I, I don't want to say bullied. I don't really feel like I was bullied, but I was certainly guilt, guilted a lot. I was looked down upon because I didn't want to do it. I expressed how I don't resonate with trying to sell someone else's program that I feel like if this is a part of this program, this is a required part of the program, then I don't really believe in that because I have my own things to sell and that's what I'm going to focus on doing. It just, to me, it felt really off. It felt really wrong to do that. I ended up quitting the program. There were a few other people that quit the program at that stage too. And this is one of those things that I think it's like, it's showing control and there are different levels of control. I don't think the owners 
consciously or purposely did that. I think they kind of followed a framework for, uh, you know, this kind of program. I think they didn't necessarily make up this program. They think they kind of learned it from someone else and they took it over. But it's very much a control potential cult type of situation, maybe. I don't know. I'm not going to go there necessarily. I don't know if they had all the elements of that necessarily, but it definitely was a little um, interesting. So anyway, yeah, not requiring people to do free services to like graduate, like what the, like, no. What is also okay to do is telling people to do inner work. I think inner work is really empower powerful. I think helping people to understand themselves more, doing mindset work, doing inner work in various ways to discover how they're holding themselves back, I think it's incredibly valuable. Teaching people different ways of doing that I think is incredibly valuable. A lot of coaches do that. What is not okay is turning those coaching tools as into weapons. I think that's not okay. It should never be used in that way. And also, this is a, a common thing I hear, is telling people that if they don't see results with your program, that they just have to do more inner work instead of doing the real things that need to be done and guaranteeing things that they can't guarantee. That is not okay. Again, I see a lot of coaches doing some of these things, which is why I wanted to clarify that. I don't really know where I want to go with this and how to close this out. There's a lot that I have to say, and these are my thoughts. <laughs> and you might not agree with everything I have to say, and that's totally okay. I respect your opinion. I respect your perspective. That's totally okay. And that's kind of the beauty of, I think, how I, like, how, what I believe about our world and our businesses and, and coaching and, and stuff like that. And I think I respect people. I respect people's opinions. And I know that not everyone has to agree with me and that's okay. What is not okay is shaming and bullying and canceling people for who think in a way that is different. If what you think is not harmful, there's nothing wrong with it. That's what I think. Anyway, we're going to close this out. This is a longer episode. My first long episode. Yay. I would love to hear your thoughts. If you watched the episodes um, on Netflix or Amazon, let me know. And if you have been in situations like this with other coaches and stuff like that, you know, again, I don't want this to become a bashing episode. I don't really like to focus and dwell on negative things. I, I'm not that person. I'm a person that likes to look at what can we do to shift? What can we do to change? How can we move forward? How can we be better? That's what I like to focus on. I don't really like dwelling on what's not working, which is why I'm not a huge fan of those people out there who are Literally, there are accounts out there on Instagram and YouTube who are, their entire business is bashing coaches. Like, that is not, that is not the vibe, you guys. That is not what I will be doing ever. Um, or, you know, unless someone really freaking deserves it, yeah. But I guess I don't think that's ever happened. I've had, I've people have tried canceling me. And, you know, it's like, why bother? Like, I have better things to do with my life than be stuck on negativity. So anyway, hopefully this is helpful for you doing a little conscious audit of what you have done, what you've experienced so that you can be better as a coach, so you can be better as a consultant, so that you can also be more aware when hiring coaches and joining programs. So that's what I've got for you today. Thank you so much, and I will see you in the next episode.